I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. With us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio, we thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Stevenson. and I'm joined as always here on the Sports Patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? Alright, alright. Bo Cephas, here we go. And oh man, did we get kicked in the nuts last week. That hurt. That stings, mm. but that's all right because this happens once a year and better to get the mini slump out of the way early. This might sound shocking to some, but old Longhorn has occasionally hit a slump with the ladies. And when I do, I go to the <laughs> oldest trick in the book and I find those slump busters, baby. I'm talking about the fatties, the trailer <laughs> trashies, maybe even hit up a women's wheelchair basketball tournament do whatever it takes to end (laughs) that slump and get back on top so look listen you seekers if this weekend's picks look gross at first glance well they fucking are so don't look again but these fat smelly whores are gonna save our ass now whether you are here for the funny it's a quest for fun i'm gonna have fun and you're gonna have fun we're all going to have so much fucking fun when we'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn spiles. You'll be whistling zippity doo out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. My apologies, Mr. President. I'll do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks. Premium picks and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. (laughs) We will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, since we are that good and people do love us, we have an additional show in collaboration with 105.3, the fan in Dallas, and the one, the only, DallasCowboys.com, called the Football 401k, with our very own Bo Cephas and RJ Choppy. Hey, Chop! Tell the people how excited you are to have another year with F. G-H. Well, I made it to the top. This has been the worst experience of my life. Kill me. Now, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast. Bo Cephas, as always, 
right here on the sports patio. We got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, fucking disgusting, cold beer choice of the week. Well, thank you very much, sir. Sir, tonight I am drinking a peace, love, and hoppiness by Big <laughs> Dog Brewing Company in Las Vegas, baby. The mm-hmm. two things that I love most on this earth is Las Vegas and cold fucking beer. Yeah. Unfortunately, this beer was a little bit below average. I gave it two out of five stars, but it did remind me. That it's such a time of division in this country, you know, people fighting over racial issues, political issues, gender issues. We just want to remind every one of our listeners that everyone here at FGH has nothing but love and appreciation for everyone, no matter what your race, your gender, or your creed. Unless you're Jewish, of course, and quite frankly, we've always been that way, and we will always be that way, because it takes too much effort to hate and it's really effortless to love. Amen. Um, Bocephus, can we can we revisit that that Jewish statement real quick? Mm, no, huh? It was it was supposed to be subliminal. Just move past it, huh? All right. Anyway, <laughs> oh anyway, boys God. and girls, we're gonna get into the podcast now. We're gonna go over the good, the bad, and the hard. You fucking kidding me? And we're going to go over every, and I mean every, game in the NFL tonight, yeah. baby. And then we're going to give you free picks and get you paid as we always get you paid. But before we get you paid, we got to get get paid. And to do that, here's this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by KissMyAss.com. Hey there, fuckheads, it's me, Cowboy Bob. And I bought time in this stupid-ass podcast to tell you about this brand-new company I done started. It's called KissMyAss.com. And before you go asking what all my new company does, just sit down and shut the fuck up for a second and I'll tell you. God damn, you impatient bastards. Anyhow, have you ever been in a job where you just can't stand your boss? Some fucking retard walks around telling corny jokes showing pictures of his shitty ass kids or ugly ass wife? Don't you just wish you could tell him what a pussy he was and get away with it? Well, guess what, motherfucker? Now you can. All you gotta do is go to kissmyass.com, upload a pic of your boss with their first and last name and address to your office, and we'll take care of the rest. Hell, I'll personally show up and tell that fart-knocking fuckhead what's what and embarrass him right in front of the whole goddamn office. So if your boss is a twat waffle ass face, douche hat, dickwad, dingleberry dickhead, and you want to send him down a river of shame in a douche canoe, you need to go to kissmyass.com right now, motherfucker! Put in code word glory for 10% off our services. Wait, fuck all that. I didn't approve that shit. Man, Longhorn, uh, I think every one of us at some point in our life has needed <laughs> Cowboy Bob and his services uh, to tell our boss to, you know, kind of go fuck himself, but not get fired in the same process. So, I mean, outstanding service. I know that I've used them in the past. Uh, Longhorn, I don't know that you've used them yet, but you know what? I would recommend them. I would recommend Cowboy Bob and his <laughs> services on this one. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe old Cowboy Bob can make a phone call up there to DC, the White House area, and, and see if, uh, see if, uh, those services could be used up there. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he'd do any good up there or not, but, uh, you know what? It couldn't fucking hurt anything. I will say that. <laughs> Fire them all. Fire all of them. And now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that's just. 
fucking great! That's just fucking great! The bad. Is this bad? Is this bad? Well, that's fucking not good. And the are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? God damn it, are you fucking with me? Alright Longhorn, as always, we start with the good, and the good last week was us and our seven-team trend. We told you that you could bet seven teams last week blind and you would get a four and three profitable weekend historically. Well, they went five and two ATS. So if you did that, you got yourself three units if you just listened to the podcast and played those teams, baby. <laughs> yeah, I wish we'd have done that, but yeah, that was good. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're going to move on to the bad now, and the bad last week was uh, one of our picks. I mean, overall, we weren't good, uh, but in the NFL, Pittsburgh, we went against the numbers. We got burned. Uh, Ben's clearly compromised at this point, and <clears throat> I'm still not buying Vegas 100% this year yet. We'll get into that later, But and neither is the data, but they are 2-0, and and Chucky's smiling big time right now. Yeah, we'll get we'll get into the specifics of that later for sure. But like that that whole, you know, last week is is falls squarely on my shoulders in the NFL for sure. You know, like there's it's one thing to have a losing week. We have them; they happen. It's no big deal. But like when you go against your own system and you have a losing week, that's when you want to drink yourself into a fucking gutter somewhere. And that's pretty much what I did all weekend, buddy. <laughs> that's what I did all weekend. <laughs> All right, well, I was fucking drinking on Saturday, and I'm about to tell you why, because we're moving on to the are you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. And this week, we certainly had our pick of oh, a plethora of games, because good lord, was it a weekend of bad beats. From Vatek having three picked. shots. What's that? I said, I'm, cu- I'm curious to hear which one you actually picked out of that whole fucking shit, shit show. Yeah, so... Vatek had three shots from inside the 10, right, to win the game. <laughs> or we had yeah, LaTeX okay. uh, on the money line in the Pizza Money Parlay. They lost on a Hail Mary. Mm. So that's never fucking good. But no, we're not going to pick either one of those games or uh, several other games I could go over. We're going to go with Army because we had Army. We gave them out the free pick, or I did. Minus <clears throat> 33 versus UConn. I felt great about it. It was 42 <laughs> to nothing at halftime. But UConn outscored Army by 11 in the second half, and we lost because Army only won by 31 in the end, and the real, real kick in the balls in this game was that UConn waited till there was one minute left in the game to score their only points of the fourth quarter just to fuck us right in the ass! Here. What is happening? What the fuck just happened? Oh, you know what's happening. 
It's time for all those winds coming in the air tonight, baby! Boys and girls, it is time you've all been waiting for. It's time to go over every game in the NFL tonight. And Longhorn, we are going to start in Jacksonville with my unfortunate Jaguars. And they are seven-point consensus home dogs right now. Yeah, that's uh, – that's you know what? It's so funny that you started down there because this is the one – I don't even have a write-up on this game because it's so <laughs> – it's so simple. Let me make it real simple for you. This game – is a game that if you're a professional better, you have you have to take Jacksonville. I know nobody wants to hear that. I don't want to do it either. I I, I can almost tell you there's s- slim to to little bit higher than slim chance that we put it in like a super contest scenario. But the right side, the pro side, is Jacksonville because of all the because of all the obvious reasons. You know they're they're zero and two. They've looked like dog shit. They've like it's worse than dog shit. And Arizona, of course, has looked you know really good, surprisingly really good to some people. So, I mean, it, this is obvious. Jacksonville at home catching over a touchdown. I mean, this is duh. You take Jacksonville if you're a pro. If you're a square, if you're you know Billy at the bar, then yeah, you you just you ride that Arizona, lay those big numbers, and maybe it works out for you. But the sharp side is Jacksonville. I don't, however, really want any part of that because it's one thing to be to have a sharp number at home and take that team. It's different when you get into the nuances of like, okay, we got a we got a serious coaching issue here. We got a coach that's never coached in the NFL. He looks like he's over his head. It feels like he's over his head. And honestly, it has since the entire time he's had the job. It's just now that the games are actually happening, it really looks like it and feels like it. So again, I don't want any part of it. But Jacksonville's a sharp side, and that's that's my. That would be my force lean. So I got two things on this game. I'll try to be as brief as possible. Uh, <clears throat> my first thought about it is how bad Trevor Lawrence has been. He is the worst quarterback, EPA plus CPOE, in the NFL. And when I think about that, I'm like, okay, he's a rookie, it's two games, whatever. But then I look at a Jalen Hurts, who is, I think, number nine right now in that stat. And now he won't finish top 10, and that's fine because he's not that good, but I have to hearken back to the coaching thing you just said because here's my thing. Jalen Hurts is basically still a rookie, right? He hasn't played a whole season or anything like that, so it's fair. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's been there for a year or whatever, but it's fair to say that he, you know, at least experience-wise, is still a rookie, and yet he has had more 300-yard passing games than Lamar Jackson has already. His career. Mm-hmm. So if you can take that guy, and again, I don't profess to be a scout or anything like that, but there's not a scout in the world, there's not a dude on TV, not a Mel Kiper, not a Todd Machete, nobody, right, that anybody listens to when it comes to player projections. Nobody in the world ever said that Jalen Hurts is even in the same stratosphere as Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. So for him to come out and have some limited success, even though, you know, not that many wins, but at least statistically, some limited success, and for Trevor Lawrence to be the worst quarterback in the NFL, 
it has to be more than talent to me. It's got to be because, I mean, Jacksonville scored points last year. They've got the same yeah. players on offense. It's got to yeah. be the coaching staff. It's got to be the fact that Urban Meyer, that rat face fuck that I hate so much, uh, <laughs> he's just shitty at coaching fucking football. And he's always been shitty at coaching football, but he's always been an absolute elite recruiter at every fucking level. The dude won at Bowling Green. Nobody fucking wins at Bowling Green, but yet well, that dude fucking did. And he went to Utah, where he had the number one pick in the fucking NFL draft from Utah. From Utah, people. I mean, this dude wins everywhere he goes. He recruits like mad. But the NFL is not about fucking recruiting. And obviously, this dude is total dog shit when it comes to fucking NFL coaching, at least through two games. Now, getting to this game, this is a five-point line move from the original line. And it is all downgraded on Jacksonville because quite frankly Arizona has not upgraded themselves at all they're about where they started with our power rankings maybe a little bit but not much and here's what I'll say about taking Jacksonville this is the classic falling knife position right which that's a stock market term you try to catch the stock at its lowest possible value so you get the maximum on your return it is very hard to do it's why it's called catching a falling knife most of the time you're going to get fucking cut when you try it Longhorn it reminds me of the time that we actually bet the Cowboys last year uh, against Pittsburgh, I think they were catching like 12 or 13 or 14, something like that at home. And Pittsburgh was like 9 or 10 and 0, and Dalton was starting, and it was just a shit show in Dallas. But we bet, we thought that we were going to, you know, hit that rock bottom, catch the falling knob. We actually did win that game, so we pulled that one off. But that's where you're at in Jacksonville right now. You're trying to catch a falling knife, so if you bet them, it's at your own risk because, again, we don't know if this is rock bottom yet. You're right, it is the sharp side, but we just don't know how bad this thing's going to get before mm-hmm. the eventual overinflation of the market and bounce back. The market's obviously overinflated by the numbers, but you know what? It's only two yeah. games, and the numbers might not have caught up to how bad Jacksonville really fucking is. Yeah, I couldn't agree more because, like, I mean, you're right. We don't know just how bad this is. We can't quite understand why it's this bad. It all it all points to Urban, um, you know. And like you said, they're not they're not scoring. And the number one pick in the draft, who we all think is a really good quarterback or at least quarterback prospect, can't throw the ball. Like literally, can't find receivers. And it is the same offense, the same offensive line. It's the same receivers, same running back. And they brought in Marvin Jones, who is leading their team in receptions. So you know, Chark is behind him or with him, however you want to look at it, and they, they got Chenault. Like, why can't they score? Everything is screaming, pointing to uh, the coach, the coaching staff in general. And you're right. Like, if this was eight weeks from now and Jacksonville was 1-10 or 1-9 or 0-10 or 0-9 or, or whatever the case may be, this line might be 10.5. So, so, yes, even though the sharp side at first glance in week two might be Jacksonville at 7.5, there still actually might be some hidden value on Arizona at that number because we just don't know, like you said, what the, the fall. We don't know how far that knife is going to fall. So, yeah, I, I want no part of this. Agreed on that. All right, we're moving on to those Tennessee Titans. Went up to Seattle and won. Came back and won. Big comeback. A game against a good team in Seattle. They're hosting... The Indianapolis Colts, and they are now six-point consensus home favorites. Holy shit, it's up to six now? What in the fuck? Yep. Okay. Well, this is another game that I really want no part of. Um, 
But at six, you know, do we have consensus on who's going to be the starting quarterback for Indy? Do we even know for sure? I mean, at that market, it's got to be Wentz because if you look at our power ratings, and I didn't, I did not downgrade Indy. I graded with Wentz in the game because that's what I'm assuming, and it was a zero point delta at that number. So Vegas is obviously assuming Wentz plays. There's a report that it's a good chance that he does play. Really? So okay. well, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, at that number at six, then I would have a forced lean to Indy. I don't really want it. Um, you know, because I don't, I don't know that Wentz with busted up two ankles can take advantage of this terrible <laughs> Tennessee defense. I mean, he should be able to, but I just, I can't trust, I can't trust him to play because he, he is, uh, you know what? I just have zero trust in Wentz, period. So that that's my main takeaway. That number is enticing. We've got, you know, almost 60% of the, cash and 60 or excuse me 80 percent of the tickets coming in on tennessee so everything's going the other way it's not at a extreme level to where i would strongly look to the other way at indy but it's starting to creep up that way um but you know you got uncertainty with the quarterback issue with indy until i know for sure what's going on there because the backups eason i mean it's just i want no part of that you know and 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 indy as of right now, through two games, is the second worst has the second worst PFF coverage grade. Um, so you know, Tennessee kind of uh, kind of got their shit going a little bit last week against Seattle. We'll see if that op- continues to open up with um, you know, obviously Henry Henry found his way, but so did Julio Jones. And if Julio Jones and AJ Brown can get on track, and we know you know what you're going to get from Henry as long as he's healthy, you know what you're going to get. Uh, you know, they, they could get it rolling a little bit there. So th- it's a complete stay away. I hate this game too. You started with two of the games I hate the most. Um, so on a force lean at six, I would probably go Indy, but that's, but you know, who, who's playing quarterback? So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Indy historically owns this series uh, for sure. Even with post Peyton and post Andrew Luck, they still just find a way. They find a way to beat Tennessee. They find a way to cover spreads. Uh, but it is a zero delta, and Indy's one of one ATS. Like, I mean, we were on them last week. That was one of our wins, right? And we were catching three and a half against the Rams, which the Rams are a better team than Tennessee in our power ratings. Uh, but Tennessee did come back and show what's the reason why we were on them week one because their offense is prolific with Tannehill and with Henry. They've been a top five DVOA offense the last two years, and their defense does suck. Right, but Vegas knew that, and Vegas still had them at nine and a half wins over under. So, you know, it's all baked into the cake. If their offense is going to play like it did in the you know second part of the Seattle game, if they get that rolling, they're a tough team to beat, no matter where they play or who who is playing them. So, yeah, I'm with you. It's a stay away game for me. But it was good to see that offense start to get rolling because that puts me you know at ease, kind of with some of our expectations for that team. I think we both had them winning that division. So. Uh, I think they take another step forward and win this game. Do they cover? I don't know. I think it's a coin flip. Yeah. All right, moving on. Those, your Detroit kneecapping lines. <laughs> they didn't take out any kneecaps last week, and they didn't fucking cover, but they were winning at halftime. So, you know, half points. Uh, they're hosting the Baltimore Ravens, and they are catching eight and a half points at home. 
Yeah, this is an interesting game to me. I, I you know, I definitely want to watch this game and kind of see the rebound from both of these teams. Really, we know that Baltimore, they're the bullies. They're the bullies on the block. They like to beat up bad teams. That is historically what they have done with Harbaugh. Um, but you know. There's a chance they could be a little flat after these two wild games they just had and a big win over Kansas City. Kind of that monkey off the back type win they had last week. So I do think there's a, a little bit of a chance that, that that whole bully syndrome gets evened out a little bit with the deflation over that huge win last week. And like you said, Detroit, they shoot they have shown they've shown fight in both games really. Like they have shown that they are not going to quit. And for a team that's not good. If you show fight and you show that you're going to fight to the very end, because you're always going to have huge numbers, huge underdog numbers. So that that's – give me that. Like I, like I like teams that will fight to the end, catching almost double digits in most of their games. Um, and let's not forget last week that, like you said, they let it halftime 17 to 14, and then the rain came and old small hands started just dropping the ball. But I'm, and I'll have to check with – <laughs> I'll have to check with, uh, with some of the um, – some of the other people, but I'm pretty sure it can't rain in a dome. So I don't think there's going to be that problem. And Baltimore has had issues in their secondary stopping the pass. So I do think that Detroit is going to have some success offensively here um, against Baltimore. Um, Detroit falls. There's a 0-2. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a trend here with two teams that are 0-2. They cover 56% of the time. Uh, in that third game, and Detroit falls right in that category, and I, I like this. I'm going to lean to Detroit plus that eight and a half. I hope it keeps. I don't know what the line movement is. You can tell me what it's what it opened at, what it's going to, kind of where it's steaming. I'd love to get it at nine for sure. But man, I love this one. I I, I think until Detroit shows me that they're not going to, you know, just keep fighting and keep biting those kneecaps, then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take the points at home for them for sure. Yeah, I more than lean it. I love the Lions plus eight and a half. In fact, I'm gonna hit. No, I'm just fucking. Busy. I'm not doing no, that. Oh but shit! What I do. <laughs> <laughs> but the computer does love the Lions here, and they are some kneecap and bite motherfuckers. And quite frankly, the Ravens are running out of kneecaps to bite. Okay, oh, they shit. are an injured team, including the report coming out today that Lamar Jackson is a little bit banged oh. up and possibly from his little fucking front backflip or whatever the fuck he did into <laughs> the end zone. Now, what an idiot! You're getting one point of value here from the opening line um, on the line, so we're getting even more value than what the data does support. Which, of course, I mean the Ravens. You know they're a good football team. The Lions are not a good football team, and they're not gonna be a good football team. But I love your point about the fight, and I think we need to ride that as long as we can because eventually that is gonna run out, right? I mean when they're you know, when they've got four wins and it's, you know, December, the mm-hmm. fight might go out of those fighting lines. But for now, they want to do what the Ravens do, and that's hit you in the mouth. So I love the matchup here. that They want to be physical. The Ravens want to be physical. And you know that that, fuck, you know, that fucking freak Dan Campbell <laughs> is going to be preaching, beat them up, beat them up, beat them up mm-hmm. all week long. So I do like, I love the lines here, actually, but. Word of caution on the other side, and I'll have a caveat to it, but since 2019, Lamar, since he was been, you know, the full-time starter, he is 9-5 and five ATS when favored by eight or more points, right? His coach loves to run up the score, and Baltimore, like every other option football team, 
can run it up just by doing what they do because they don't have to do anything special. Their plays just work, and if if they work, they're gonna work big time. And it's hard to stop them once they get rolling. Again, at some point you you run out of will to be physical, and that's what they always depend on. But and uh, the Lions do have the 32nd ranked DVOA defense through two games. They're really bad on that side of the ball. So it's never a smart bet to bet against Lamar when he's a big favorite because that's when he covers at his most. It's always smart to bet against Lamar when he is a small favorite because that's when they're most they're most vulnerable in actual coin flip games. But here's the caveat to that that I have, and it's simply this. If Lamar is truly banged up, right, he's not going to put on the cape and run the ball 15 you know, times against the Lions. He's going to try to, you know, he's going to give a lot more of those handoffs. He might, you know, throw more of those read options. He might, you know, parlay the ball away from himself as much if he doesn't need to. And number two, if he is banged up and they're up big late, you know, a couple touchdowns, they might pull him out of the game, right? They might pull him out of the game just to try to save him a little bit physically because he did literally everything he could do to win that game against Kansas City last week. And all kudos to him. We've made a lot of fun of Lamar on this show, for sure. He throws the ball like a five-year-old girl, no doubt. But he took the game in his hands. He was not going to be beat. He was not going to be denied. He came back from 11 points down, which we all say he can't come back. And historically, he doesn't. He did everything that we said he couldn't do. He went and did it. He made play after play after play. Most of it with his legs, but that doesn't matter. He still did it against NFL athletes. But I don't think he's going to have to put forth that kind of effort to beat the Lions. I think he knows it. I think, quite frankly, if if he's banged up, if that's true, he's not going to want to do it. And that is the biggest thing to me. If you're a big favorite like this, if you don't have the really the will to cover that spread, which Baltimore generally does, but if it's a comp- compromise, well, that's not even a word, if it's to compromise the rest of your season, I think that Harbaugh's even smart enough to say, hey, let's rein it in a little bit. Yeah, well that's that part's debatable. But I will say that uh like the I, I don't <laughs> I don't wanna hate on Lamar Jackson. I don't want this to be like a narrative that we hate. Like I I kinda like the kid. I like the attitude he has, the the whole uh, nobody cares work work harder t shirt that he's I've yeah, got I've got yeah. that shirt hanging up in my closet. Like I, I love that attitude. Um, but I was just thinking about that when you were when you were going on that little spiel. I was like, do you think that like when he was midair on that little dive into the end zone, he's like, hey, coach, look at me, I'm flying. Ah, uh, my hip is dead. Oh god, I, my, my, my hip's dead. I can't do it anymore, coach. I fucked it up. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. Yeah. I'm sure Harbaugh was not thrilled with that. But anyway, I. I do love the kid. He plays with great enthusiasm, and I love option football. Man, I miss old-school option football. I love watching the service academies yeah. play still to this day. I miss yeah. the fact that Georgia Tech doesn't play anymore, and it's exciting to watch him do it. You know, R.I.P. Nebraska. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, those uh, Martinez's are not doing well in Nebraska. They've been the quarterback there for 24 years now and still not a winning record, so maybe move on from the Martinez's. Yeah. All right, we're moving on to Buffalo. Where those Buffalo Bills are now down to minus seven and a half consensus at home facing the Washington football people. God, finally getting to some tank, some teams and some games that I like. I don't lean 
to Washington. I don't like Washington. I fucking love those skins of red in this spot. Are you kidding me? Josh Allen, look, we, we hinted at it in the preseason. We talked about it after week one. After week two, it's time to hit the fucking alarm bells on what's going on with Mr. Josh Allen. Now, I want, he won 35 to nothing, so it's kind of like the, the, the national narrative hasn't really picked up on this too much. But his passing grades in his, in his uh, first two weeks, PFF grade, PFF passing grade, let me, let me be specific. PFF passing grade in the first two weeks is a 59. Now, his first two years in the NFL when he was, you know, the bad Josh Allen, they were... 58 and 61. He's 59 through two weeks this week. Now, last year, it was 87. So, yeah, that was the great, you know, MVP type Josh Allen. But we've got the first two years, 58, 61, and the first two weeks of this season, 59. What does that tell me? Maybe we had an outlier last year. Maybe there's an outlier. Uh, so, you know, if that's the case, then this is way too many points. To, to for them to be laying um I'm just kind of going over my notes here um to, buffalo as of right now through two weeks has the 20th ranked pass block win rate so they're not protecting him on top of him not playing well um now i will say this i buffalo is one of the best teaser play um candidates at that at that seven and a half you can take them down all the way down to one and a half you go through the seven and the three but i do love i do like the skins of red here uh the one caution I have is is this is Heineken's first road start of his career. So we've seen with these young quarterbacks, and he, I mean, he's not a rookie, so it doesn't fall into that category. But he's, you know, he's essentially a rookie. He's, this is like it was third, maybe fourth star. I don't know what it is. But, yeah, I, I love the skins of Redhead. I don't know that they can – I don't know that they can win this game, but I think it'll be very, very close at the very end, and those seven and a half points are going to be gold. So yeah, give, give me, give me Washington here. What, what do the computers say? Oh, the computers agree with you, sir. They oh, yeah. love Washington here. So if you look at, and yeah, Heineken might be a rookie as far as experience, but I'm pretty sure he's been in the NFL since I think it was uh, 1983. He was drafted <laughs> by the 49ers in like the seventh okay. round. He's been in the league a long time. Uh, but he's just now getting to play. But he looks poised out there. That's because, you know, he's you know a 30-year veteran or whatever he is. <laughs> but anyway, the Pythagorean theorem says that Vegas expects now Buffalo to be four and a half wins ahead of Washington with this spread. Now, the preseason, this total was only two and a half more wins. So that means that the market has moved two whole games. And I don't see that. And the data doesn't support it. Now, Washington defense has not played lights out like it did last year for sure. Expect... In fact, they haven't been very good at all. But to back you up on your Josh on your PFF, so the, you mean they got guys watching every play? <laughs> yes, yes, they do, Mickey. Mickey. Uh, that's what PFF does. But if you just look at his EPA plus CPOE in 2018, he was 21st in 2000. In 2000, I'm oh, sorry, he was 30th. In 2019, he was 21st. In 2020, he was third. That is MVP level. But now, so far through 2021, he's 24. So, we've seen two years and two games of him being below average. In fact, let's just call it what it is, bottom third of the league quarterback in one season where he was an MVP. So, which one's the truth? I mean, we're going to find out eventually. We'll find out 
God damn it, Mickey, quit interrupting me. But anyway. Yes. Yeah, love Washington here. Love the points. It's going to be – this. I think if Washington's offense is ever going to look good, if it's ever going to look good, it's got to be against this defense. And, you know, Buffalo's – they can't run the ball anyway. They're definitely not going to be able to run it on Washington. That's not really a big – you know, that's kind of strength on weakness anyway. So And the Bills don't play that way. So I don't think that's the biggest issue. The biggest issue is – is Washington going to be able to confuse him and have him throwing as inaccurate as he has the first two weeks? And uh, yeah, I love I love Washington's chances here in this game. All right, all right. Moving on, we've got those New England Patriots hosting famous Jameis and the Crab Kings, and they are three point home favorites. Yeah, I don't. I don't. This is a gross game. I don't. I don't like this game at all. Um, you know, the, this this just feels like a mismatch of the minds to, to me uh, with with Belichick's defense and his his um, his schemes on defense being able to confuse a turnover prone quarterback. So uh, you know. Third straight road game for New Orleans. They don't. They they, you know, they haven't been home yet because of the hurricane issue with what's going on in their town. And this week, they you know they were supposed to go home next week in week four and play a home game. Supposedly there was a big fire in the Superdome, so they don't know if they're going to be able to even go home next week. So even more chaos to their Good you know travel God. situation. Yeah, it's just a fucking mess. And like that that has a factor. Like that is. You know, you can't, you can't play 17 row games and expect to, and expect these numbers to line up properly um, without a compounding effect on them. So, um, I, I would lean to New England here. I just think that they're in a better situation at, uh, overall with their team. Um, now, I will say what I like better than the side. I love the under in this, and I, and I know it's already gotten pounded down and probably lost a lot of its value. Um, but New England is just a deadlock under team, and specifically with this rookie quarterback who's who's just a game manager and will not do anything to to fuck up the uh, the game script. New England is eight one and one to the under in their last ten games. I don't see that changing most of this year. You could probably blindly play New England under the entire year and make a killing. So uh, my biggest play on this one would be the under on a force lean. I would take New England just because I think they're in a, a, just a. There's chaos with, with New Orleans. It, it just doesn't feel right with them right now. Yeah, the numbers are dead even. This is a zero delta on this game. Uh, but this line has moved three points in the favor of New England. It was a pick em, Now it's three points. I think that speaks. I mean, because they're one and one, right? And they're one and one ATS. So you can't really downgrade them. And New England has not been impressed. They're one and one and one and one ATS, I believe. Um yeah. So again, it should it should be the same game, but it's not. I think it's all to the chaos you're talking about. And for some reason, chaos just seems to find famous Jameis wherever he <laughs> goes. I don't know. You know, some people say you you kind of breed your own environment. I kind of believe that to be true. Uh, I think Jameis sure. kind of breeds that kind of chaotic and very just variant environment. And that's what I would say. Like you just said, if you're going to pick a side on this game. New England has very little variance, right? They've got one of the best coaches. They play a good defense. They've got a quarterback who is, you know, this generation's Alex Smith, I believe. And that's just a less athletic Alex Smith. I mean, he's fat, so he's not going to run like Alex Smith. But 
as far as throwing the ball, very Alex Smith-like. And in New Orleans, you've got the highest variant starter possible in the NFL. Jameis could be great, and Jameis can be terrible. So if you got the dog, that's good for you. But if you wanted to look at the favorite, that's probably your best bet there. Uh, as far as the over-under, it's gone down from 46.5 to 42.5. So a lot of the Sharps are falling your lead there, buddy. It shows how sharp you are. But uh, I don't know what the value is on that at this point. Mm. But it's probably still a good bet. But uh, anyway, I have no call in the game. If I had to bet it, yeah, I'd go I'd go with the least amount of variance. I'd go New England on this one. Yeah, yeah you have to. <clears throat> all, right. all right, moving on. Those Kansas City Chiefs coming off the loss of Baltimore hosting yeah. the L.A. Superchargers, and they are seven-point home favorites. This this one feels so simple that I feel like I'm missing something. But I mean, until I find what I'm missing, then it's then I'm just gonna stick with with what I see. Uh, this is this is Chargers all the way for me. You know, they're catching the six and a half against a Kansas City team that the back door literally is always open against them. That's why seven they now. It's at seven. It's, it's a oh seven. my! It's, mov- it's you know, moving. It's moving to seven. Again, because Casey is the fucking public darling. They're they're like the new Cowboys. They that they're the team you get the value on on that that public uh, just pumping them up. It, so again, the back door is always open. They can't stop the run or the pass. They're getting up seven point seven yards per play on defense. I think it's the worst in the league. They're they're just a sieve back there. Um, and you know, Chargers coming off a tough loss. A loss they feel like they should have won. You know, it's you can go back and forth on that. Whatever. Herbert has had red zone turnovers in both games, and that is an issue. He's got to cut those out um, if they're gonna if they're gonna be true contenders. Like as far as the win loss record, he's got to cut that shit out and, and play better. Um, but catching seven points, you know, of course I love it. You know, KC's on a two and eleven ATS run, and 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 it's for a reason. When you can't stop anybody on defense, you're always susceptible to the back door. So I can't find a reason not to love the Chargers. And until I do, then I have to love the Chargers. It's plain and simple. It it almost feels too easy. It feels like I'm stealing a win here, which scares me. Let me look at the tickets, actually. Um, It is... Yeah, yeah. 80, I'm sorry, 71% of the tickets are coming in on Kansas City. 80% of the cash. So, yeah, it's, I love, I love the Chargers. Everybody's pounding, all the public is pounding um, Kansas City. So, yeah, give me those Chargers at that seven, especially at that seven. Good Lord. Yeah, we're not going to get this seven the Super Contest because it's a stale line at six and a half, but on a live bet, uh, that might just make it into our picks there for the clients. Um, yeah, Kansas City's 2-11. and 11. We've said it now the second week you've mentioned it. We talked about it last week. Kansas City has become the new Dallas Cowboys when it comes to love in the marketplace. And it's not without warrant, right? Because Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the NFL. I don't think anybody would dispute that. And his numbers so far this year have been out-fucking-standing. He, he lost his first game in September, or, yeah, September last week in his whole career. First game, loss. Uh, but they haven't covered either spread this year, and Andy Reid is phenomenal in September against the spread, so 
that's losing some of his charm too because again now they're getting so overvalued it it's either chargers plus a seven or it's a pass for me there's there's zero chance i could play kansas city uh the numbers are a little bit split but our power rankings do have the chargers on the pick here so it's like i said it's either chargers or pass yeah all right, moving on, those New York football giants, they are minus three points at home versus those Atlanta Falcons. Mm-mm-mm. You know what's coming here, right, Bo I mean, everybody knows I got what's a, coming I got here. an inclination. Yeah, this is the Hello Corner TV game. Put it in the corner. <laughs> turn it off. Who gives a shit? I mean, who the fuck wants to even watch this game, let alone bet on it? Um if it goes to if it goes to minus two and a half, give me the Giants. If it goes to plus three and a half, give me the Falcons. That's literally all I care about this game. Uh, you know, in a in a if I was to dig in a little deeper, I would say that you know the narr- again once again the narrative for Daniel Jones is is one way, and the actual grading. Whether, no matter, I mean, if you don't put stock into it, then that's fine. But the grading is is going a different way, and it's only it's only two games, so we'll see how that how that pans out through the rest of the season. However, and I'm I'm pulling up the uh, the PFF grades right now. As of right now, through two weeks, Daniel Jones is number six in quarterbacks with an 83.8, just ahead of Matthew Stafford, right behind Kyler Murray. And let me scroll down and let me find Mr. Um, Mr. Matt Ryan, where are you? Oh, God. He's away. He is number 27 with a 63.9. So, on a forced lean at the three, then give me the Giants, even though that just feels disgusting, so I would never do it. But just based on that, I would I would have to do that. But, again, if it moves down to two and a half, take the Giants. If it moves up to three and a half, take the Falcons. That's how I feel in this game. Yep, the numbers are exactly with you. It's a zero-point delta, one of, I think, five we had this week. That's because we have the sharpest numbers in town, and boys and girls, through 29 gradable games out of 32 so far that we've had that have not had zero-point deltas, we're 17-12. and 12. We're up five units if you would have bet every single game that our power rankings said. That's how fucking good we are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't give a shit about this game. The zero delta, I've got zero interest. So, we're going to move on to your Cleveland Browns. And now, finally, we see some market movement. It's up to seven and a half consensus. They're hosting the Chicago Bears. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I was wondering if you're gonna. I was wondering you're gonna bring that up. I did see that it's ticked up a little bit, um, and and it has to be because of the uh, Odell Beckham news that he's probably gonna play. But how, I mean, how can how much can you no, he's trust gonna, that? He's, he's in. It was reported he's in. Okay. I mean that that dude's flaky as fuck. I mean, but yeah, if he plays, then we'll we'll see what that does. They they do need him because without Landry, like if Landry's playing and OBJ's playing, I don't give a shit. Like that's that that doesn't mean anything to me. With Landry out, now OBJ playing makes a big deal to me because they need somebody to be able to get open uh, uh, at the wide receiver position for them to get any kind of margin. Um, you know, I've been a champion for Cleveland, but I've also been a realist. And I have said from the beginning that although I do love the defensive moves that they have made on this team, it's going to take them time to get 
adjusted and settled in, and it's exactly what's happening. They're not playing great on defense yet. I think in the back half of this season they will, but as of right now, they're just not. Now, I will say that Chicago is second worst, excuse me, the second worst run blocking team, and Cleveland is the second best rush deep uh, defensive team. So, although in that back seven, the linebackers and, and secondary, Cleveland hasn't quite figured it out, that front seven, or excuse me, that front four, it, it, they're playing well. So, you know, what Chicago wants to do, especially with field starting and a, and a, and a rookie quarterback, they're going to try to establish a run. That's kind of smashing up right against what Cleveland actually is doing really well on defense at, so far. Oh, man, tough game, you know, because and, I, and you're going to get into it, but I, I think the numbers are going to point to Cleveland here and value, but I, it, it's scary. That, uh, this is too scary for me to touch. This, this stove is too hot. I probably I feel like we can find much better value and much better um, – Games with less variance, I guess, is the best way to put it. Like, they're, they're, this is too much of a, um, you know, like, because Fields could suck and, and Cleveland could win this game by 30. Or because he's a rookie quarterback that has, you know, tremendous wheels. I mean, crazy shit can happen. So, you know, <laughs> I don't want any part of this. What do the computers say? I'm curious how, how they see this game because I really don't want to have anything on this game, even though I'm I'm so intrigued to watch it. Yeah, so it grades out as a zero-point delta at the seven, but that was graded with Andy Dalton playing. The line did not move an inch when he was announced out, and this was not, if you're wondering, baked into the cake because this line was seven in the preseason, which Andy Dalton was obviously the starter at that point. There was no bones about it. So that's Vegas saying that Andy Dalton and... Justin Fields are equal value ATS. There is zero data to say that Fields is the same rate as Andy Dalton. Justin Fields had a QBR of four last week. Hmm. Four. Zach Wilson <laughs> threw four picks and he had an eight. Oh, God. So he was 100% better than Justin Fields with four interceptions. Justin nice. Fields is not ready to play, right? His coach told you he's not ready to play. And I get it. From a fan's perspective, you want to see excitement. You want to, and nothing brings more excitement than a rookie quarterback. So, from a fan's perspective, for all those people in Chicago going nuts, I understand. But I'm also old enough to remember that after Mitch Trubisky's first preseason game, you fucking idiots were calling him Ten God. So, just to put it out there, I understand your fandom, but your fandom is based on idiocy and a love for a fucking fabric or a color or a helmet. So you can't bet on that kind of shit, because if you do, you lose your ass. So I'm just here to tell you from a very sober perspective, he's not as good as Andy Dalton as an NFL quarterback at this moment. Now, he might be awesome. He might be the next Mahomes. He might be better than Mahomes. I don't fucking know. I'm not a scout. I'm just telling you what the data says. The data says there is zero fucking chance that this line should still be seven, but Vegas left it at seven because they knew the public money was going to come in on the Bears, now it's moved to 7.5, and, and I think this only chance is because Odell was announced in. I'm with you. I don't know that he's a half-point player anymore. And I do remember somebody saying that he thought Landry was going to be better than Odell for his career. <laughs> I think I might end up being right on that. I might not ever get any credit for it, but I think I might end up being right on it. Uh, no. But overall, That's, we're getting but... tremendous, tremendous value here. So... 
you're wrong and you're right. We're getting tremendous value here on the Browns. This this spread at this point should be 10, if not 11. So we're getting huge oh value God. on the Browns. But where you're right is, it is a huge variance game. So if you're going to bet a huge variance game, you really don't want to bet the favorite because as a favorite, if you're going to bet them, you want things to go the way things should go, the way the data says it's go, the way Vegas thinks it's go. You want it to go the way it should go, right? If you want to bet the Bears, though, plus the 7.5, and, and it is intriguing with that hook on there now, you want the huge variance. You want a chance to win the game. Because Vegas is telling you you have no chance to win the game. The 7.5 point favor, you have zero chance to win this football game. But with a rookie quarterback in there, like you said, he might go be amazing. They might lose by 50. That's actually what you want. If you're gonna bet, if you're gonna back the Bears, you want Justin Fields starting this game. You don't want Andy Dalton. You know what Andy Dalton's gonna do. He's gonna go up there and lose that football game 100% of the time. So you do want the rookie in if you're gonna back the dog. But again, we're still getting huge value on the Browns. And if it does go the way Fields went the first game, they probably are gonna win by 20 points. I'm just saying right. This I, I'm gonna go ahead and call it. This is going to be the blowout of the weekend. The Browns are going to roll. Yeah. Uh, they're not. Bears are not going to be able to run the ball. Without running the ball, it's not just fields. It's just the naggy offense doesn't work without that running game. So, yeah, I, I'm going to go with I, I uh, Baker to, to bust out, throw a couple touchdown passes, and what? I, I tend to agree. I really do. Yeah, I think I think Baker finally bust out those maybe two, three touchdown passes. He's only had one through two weeks, you know, so far. He's, he's much more uh, productive than that. And the Bears' defense, you know, it's been okay, but it hasn't been, you know, world beaters or anything. So I think I think the Browns get uh, healthy here. They go to two and one, and they roll in this one. All right. Or Justin Fields fucking has the greatest performance of a rookie we've ever seen in all time. Who fucking knows? Anyway, we're moving on. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Those goddamn Steelers cost us money last week, and this week they're hosting the Cincinnati Bungles. And uh, Mr. Back, Backdoor Burrow is now a three-point road dog. Yeah, this this is a game that I freaking, I mean, you're going to hate it. I I love Cincy in this game. And I will I will say, you know, this gives me a good chance to uh, tell, tell everybody how, how horrible I was last week again. Uh, last week was completely on me in the NFL. Forcing Pittsburgh in there, it's horrible pick, and it's it's really on me because I, you know, the injury stack up, which some of those didn't come until after after the you know contest deadline is for us to put them in, so you know there might be a little pass there, but once those injuries start stacking up for Pittsburgh's defense, I mean they were missing, they were missing Ward, they were missing Bush, uh, you you know and they lost they lost homeboy in the game uh, tj watt so that was that was unfortunate and unforeseen but you know you can only take so many cluster injuries on one side of the ball before you have serious serious issues and we already have seen with our eyeballs that they have serious issues at quarterback and out and at offensive line so man I, for the first time ever that i that we've been doing this i I want to hit the fucking sounder with Cincy on Pittsburgh. I'm not going to do it because I'm, you know, I'm just not ready to go there yet. But this fucking Cincinnati team, they they look and feel different. Burrow threw three picks last week. I think all in the second half. I'd have to go check. But during that time, yeah, it was three three consecutive passes. And three then they still passes. 
and they still made it a three-point game. Like, I'm not sure that this Cincinnati team is as bad as we assumed. Now, they still might hit that under that we need them to hit because it was set just stupidly high. Um, but they've they've shown some fight. And I and again, just like I was talking about earlier with the um, oh, what team was I was talking about that 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 Lions. fights the Lions? Yeah, just like the Lions, you show me fight to the end in every game, and I and, and I'll I'm inclined to, to look your way. Uh, now at three, I feel like we've lost that extreme value of three and a half. So and and, and you already told me that the Super Contest put it out at three and 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 kind of screwed us there. So I'm not. As excited at the three as I would be the three and a half. But, man, I'm telling you, this will be a game on Sunday that I'll be watching. And I will be laughing my fucking ass off if Cincinnati wins this game. And and if, if they do and they bury Big, Big Ben here, if, you know, we haven't brought out the funeral, the quarterback funeral in a while. It might be time to have, <laughs> it might be time to have a, a Big Ben funeral in week three if he loses at home to Cincinnati. Woo! You better get a big fucking casket for that fat boy is all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> oh, my God. A fat boy casket. Uh, I, I can't I can't bet Cincy. Um, yeah, they did have the big league right. in Minnesota and they, or against Minnesota, and they gave it up. They had to go to overtime, and they got really, really lucky to win that game. Uh, last week, the only reason why they were down by 10 points with four minutes left. Dalton goes out, unfortunately, with the injury. Fields come in, and he's horrible. And in four minutes, he almost lost us a sure fucking win. Uh, that's how bad that he was. Uh, I think since he's actually getting a little overrated here, quite frankly, the injuries of Pittsburgh on defense are a concern for me, but it's going to be a low-scoring game anyway. It's 43 is the total. And it's went down from 47 to 43. So it's going the other way, even with all these injuries on Pittsburgh's defense, which tells me, the market tells me, they're expecting a low-scoring game. I, there's no fucking chance that since he's going to go in there and beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, uh, hey, or cover this spread. I, I'm just going to disagree with you here. I like Pittsburgh. I wouldn't bet them, but there's no, there's no chance. I'm, there's no chance I could bet Cincinnati. Okay, let me just throw one real quick thing, and then, and then we can move on. The and see if this, see if this affects your thinking at all. We all, we always talk about the cash versus the tickets on the, um, on, on the lines coming or on the bets coming in. The cash, which which is which is always thought of to be the, the pro side, because they're the ones who come in with the heavy the money, the heavy money. At since at uh, at the money on the money line, Cincinnati is getting ninety two percent of the cash. So nobody's laying big money on the Pittsburgh money line. They're all all the heavy hitters are coming in at that Cincinnati money line, which is which that kind of tells me that I was thinking the right way. With the sounder, because it might it might be one of these high variance games where either Pittsburgh does what they should do and kind of and kind of take control like they always do against Pittsburgh in these games. But on the other side, if it does go bad, you're getting value on that money line at plus one forty five for Cincinnati. So you're probably right. Let's say let's say away from this, but I think it's interesting that that ninety ninety two percent of the cash on the money line is coming in on Cincy. Yeah, because that's the that's the sharp way to play it. I mean, it's, if it's a coin flip yeah. game, which Vegas is telling you basically it is, you take the one forty five, fuck the three points. Like you've got a wounded duck in the water. If you really think that since he's going to stay within three, why not fucking take the extra half unit to win the game outright? So I think that's yeah. the sharpest play if you're going to play Cincinnati. 
Sure. All right, moving on. Our Las Vegas Raiders are hosting those Miami Dolphins, and they don't have the hula shuffle with them this week. And Vegas is four-point <laughs> home favorites. Yep, and this one is oh man. You know, last week here, here's another chance for to here's where Longhorn was wrong once again. Longhorn picked <laughs> hit the sound drum on, on Miami last week, and man, did I feel bad about that. I and and the fact that Tua went out, I it, I don't care. They they look like dog shit with Tua. That was a bad pick, and I and I will not use the Tua injury to. To uh, weasel my way out of that, it was just a horrible pick for several reasons uh, that I ignored and shouldn't have. But let's let's ignore that. Let, let's pretend like Longhorn didn't hit, hit the sounder on on last week against Buffalo. I should be hitting the sounder right here, right now against Vegas, and I don't care that Tua's not playing. Uh, that um, what's his name? The backup. Help me out, Bosevis. Percent. Percent. Yeah, hit, with Brissette, a week yeah. of practice. Yeah, with a week of practice, he's that's a. I'm not downgrading at all. Now it, it might be a downgrade coming in immediately like that with um, you know, uh, because he got you know, Tua runs a specific type of, you know, read option type offense that that might be not quite suited to what Brissett does. But with a week of practice, it, I'm I'm not downgrading at all, and I trust the Miami coach. I love Flores, and reports coming out of Miami is that he is a fucking man on fire. Have practice this week. He is he is embarrassed. They got they got their their teeth kicked in, and he is not the type of coach that's going to take that. I expect full effort this week. You've got Carr and Jacobs dealing with injuries uh, for for Vegas. I mean, I, I think they'll both play. They won't be a hundred percent. This is this is absolutely a pros versus Joe's game. And if I hadn't hit the fucking sounder last week with Miami and got my doors blown off. I would absolutely be hitting it this week. I probably should anyways, but I'm a little gun shy with Miami right now. But I love Miami catching those points here. I do think this is the fall of Vegas and their little, you know, two-week bubble burst. Uh, so, yeah, give me Miami in those points. Yep, I'm with you. This line has moved three and a half points, and it's all based on Tua not being there. And three and a half points is way too many points to move. Our quarterback rankings have Tua not three and a half points better than Brissett. In fact, they're right next to each other. It's no change in the value. And if you look at EPA plus CPOE, they're 30th and 31st within hundreds of a point of each other in the quarterback. So in other words, they both suck. So if it was, you know, Vegas basically on a pick em before when Tua was in there against a shitty quarterback, it's an equally shitty quarterback, but now we're getting three and a half more points. Yeah, give me Miami. And here's my best trend of the week. Teams coming off a shutout loss since 2015 are 25 and 2 ATS. That's 80% in 27 games in the last five seasons. So, yeah, oh, fuck go yeah. Dolphins. Fuck yeah. All right, moving on. We are going to go to where are we going? We're going to Denver. And the Teddy Two Gloves and the Bunch are now 10.5 point home favorites versus the New York J. E T S yes yes yes. Hmm. Yeah, let's make this one real quick. Uh, <laughs> I, I want no part of this game. Um, you know, Denver's coming out just just crazy. Now there is that trend that we didn't get to play this year. It's the it's the first in the first two weeks of the season. Team, uh, Denver playing at home. They've got that altitude advantage. We'll see if that factors here in the third week. 
um, you know. But yeah, at ten points, man, are you kidding me, dude? I, I it, to, as ugly as it is, it's Jets or nothing, and I want nothing to be honest with you. So, just, and, and you know, just just for time purposes, Jets or nothing, but I want no part of it. I concur. All right, moving on. Those L.A. Rams, and they are hosting the top of Brady Buccaneers, and they're now consensus one-point home dogs. Yeah, I've gone back and forth on this one. This is obviously the game of the week and the game that we'll all be watching and critiquing tremendously. I initially had a lean to the Rams. I, I've actually gone to the other side. I'm going to lean to Tampa Bay slightly here. Don't love it, but I will lean to them. You know, the Rams' defense – it's gotten a little fortunate in these first two games. Chicago kind of went up and down the field a little bit, uh, but just could not punch it in, couldn't get those scores. And we saw last week, Indy left a shitload of points on the field and still got the cover at the, at the three and a half. So, uh, you know, I, I, I expected the LAD. I talked about it in the preseason, and it's, it's a, sort of backfired a little bit as far as like the stats go with the scoring on me with the Rams still being okay. But I think that I think it's a Fugazi. I, th- I think it because Tampa Bay is not going to leave points on the field. Tom Brady is not going to leave these points on the field. So if Tampa Bay goes up and down the field like these first two teams have against the Rams, they're going to punch those in for seven, and it's going to be a whole different looking Rams defense. Um, the Rams have only forced three punts in the first two games combined. So. That doesn't bode well going against Tom Brady and all those weapons. Henderson's banged up for the Rams at running back, and you can't run on, on Tampa Bay anyways. So the Rams are going to be one-dimensional pretty much this entire game. Now, the, the Tampa Bay defense has been suspect in that secondary. Uh, they're giving up 27 points per game, but they are opportunistic. They do have They do have some takeaways there. So, you know, this is basically going to come down to a t- – Obviously, the line is very close. We expect the game to be very close. So what it boils down to at the end is, who do I trust in a close game? Tom versus Stafford. Well, Stafford's never been in games like this. I mean, like this is all this is new to him. So while I do think he's a tremendous upgrade, obviously, over Goff, this type of game, this type of scenario, this, this is going to feel big for him. And we all know that nothing feels big for Tom. So, you know, I do like I do like the the Buccaneers in this game slightly. It's not necessarily one I want to pound a table on, but but yeah, I, I've got to lean to Tampa. Yeah, I'm leaning the other way on this one. The lines move two points to Tampa Bay. Uh, it's not justified by the data. Both teams are two and zero. Both teams are one and one ATS. Um, you know, Tampa was very fortunate to win that game against the Cowboys. Quite frankly, with all the turnovers and everything they had. But they're still a really good football team. The computers are on the Rams. However, my one word of caution here on this is, and to to your point, exactly what you said, in a close game, Tom Brady, in his career, as an underdog or laying less than 2.5 points, is 39 and 13 ATS. That's 75% cover rate. Yeah. So betting against that is probably not in your best interest. Although I do think the Rams go win this football game, I think this is the game that Tampa Bay can lose. And you know what? McVay's had success. They beat Tampa Bay last year in this yeah. game, and that was with right. Jared Goff. So, you know, he's got some success against them. He's got some success against his defense and the scheme. And, yeah, Tom's going to put up points for Southern, and the offense of the Rams is better this year too, though. So I think that's kind of a wash. I just think the value on the move is very public-driven. 
I don't think the value is actually there at all. So I got to lean to the Rams here. And, and great. It's a great teaser play for the Rams at, at, at that spot. Um, and to go against my point a little bit, I mean, for fuck's sake, if Tampa wins this game, are they going to go 17-0? and Like, at some point, they're going to lose a game, we think. And if they're going to lose a game, it's got to be this one, right? So I know that that goes against my whole handicap. But, again, I, that's why I'm, I don't like this game. I wouldn't bet it. Can't wait to watch it, though. All right, we're going to move on to the Minnesota Vikings. And they are at home, and they're now a consensus one-and-a-half-point home dogs to the Seattle Seahawks. Yep, this is a this falls into that 0-2 trend. Third game, 56 ATS winner scenario. Eileen, Minnesota, it's ugly. Don't like it, but you have to do it. You know, Minnesota, I don't want to say should be, but you can definitely say could be 2-0. They have... I mean the fucking kicker. I think I think I heard on the radio today that was an eighty-eight percent win percentage at that field goal range for that. What is the deal? I swear to God, Minnesota and kickers. This is like a. It's like every fucking year. This is this is a scenario. So you know, they realistically should be one and one. They realis- realistically could be two and zero. Oh. So the values on Minnesota to me here. I really wish Seattle would have won that game last week, and it would be a smash spot for me for minnesota but i'm still gonna lean to minnesota zimmer is over 60 percent at home ats they're pissed off they need to win they are desperate so yeah lean to minnesota for me our power rankings agree with you the algorithms are split on it Uh, i definitely do lean minnesota and you could say there should be 2-0 but what i will say is they definitely should be one and one it's not because of the fucking missed field goal because Everybody can see that, but if you look at the underlying numbers, their win share percentage, it's right on what should be one and one. So Mm -hmm. the computers are split firmly on this, but again, with our power rings, Minnesota is a desperate team. They're at home. They've got an above-average quarterback, no matter what you say. And I've been the lead leader of fucking making fun of Kirk Cousins, but he's an above-average NFL quarterback. And Seattle is bottom third in the league at rushing DVOA. And Minnesota wants to run the ball. They ran for 177 yards last week against Arizona, who has the mm-hmm. 10th best DVOA last year or this year so far, even with that 177 against them. I see big value in the Vikings here. Again, three and a half point line move to Seattle. No way that's justified. No data supports it. Mm-hmm. So I think you're getting all value on Minnesota, and it's got to be Minnesota or pass for me on that one. Love it. All right, we're moving on to Sunday Night Football at San Francisco. They're hosting those Green Bay Packers, Longhorn, the thorn in your side. Green Bay <laughs> Packers, and they are laying three points to the Aaron. Pull my ponytail and call me Daddy oh, Rogers. What a bitch. I can't stand this. Dude. Like, I will remove my <laughs> bias. I'm going to remove my bias from this, but um, look, let me start with, let me start with, with the one – the one trend that I saw that that's going to go against my handicap, and then I'll get into it. San Francisco, obviously, they stayed out east last week after after the first week playing the East Coast team, and they got the win. Now they've done this. They've done this the last three years. The first two years, their first game back, they they are they are zero and two against the spread. So that goes against my handicap, but that is not strong enough for me to overlook this horrible. Horrible matchup for Green Bay. We've seen it for years now, this horrible matchup uh, for San Fran and Green Bay. Green Bay cannot stop the run. They can't 
they really can't stop anything that San Fran wants to do. Um, it, it's just too much of a mismatch for me for me to ignore. Green Bay is dead last in pressure rate. They're not going to be able to get pressure on the quarterback for San Francisco, and they are going to get eaten up on both sides of the trenches. Like, like just like just like in Week One when when. Pony boy was running was running for his life against New Orleans. He's gonna be doing the same thing in this week. Now he he got off the hook a little bit last week against Detroit. Think he better pray to the gods that the fucking rain came because he was in trouble in that game too. But yeah, I, give me San Fran. I love this. This oh please please let him get the shit stomped out of him again so we so it can go right back to the to the to the you know. Bitching and moaning and point finger pointing. Just uh, if this is the way it goes all year long, I'll take it. Because if he goes one week, you know, telling people to relax, and the next week getting the shit kicked out of them, I'll take that. That'll be a win for me, and I can't wait for it. Yeah, the computer. This is a zero point delt on this game, and here's what I'll say about that. Our our power rankings at three. Uh, our power rankings have been bullish on San Francisco. We took them minus seven and a half a week. One, uh, I took them on my personal side last week in Philly minus three and a half. They were getting big value there per our power rankings, and they won and covered easily. So for the power rankings to be so bullish and this to be a zero point delta, and obviously not that bullish on Green Bay, I think we've been pretty fair with Green Bay. Um, we had them, you know, with, they were part of the trend covering the lines last week. I don't remember the New Orleans thing. I think we probably had that even. I can't remember off the top of my head. Obviously, that didn't go that way. But I think the way we've been grading these teams for it to be even even delta here at zero, it probably tells us it's going to be a pretty good football game. I like everything you said, though, and I can definitely be talked into San Francisco uh, because, you know, I I mean, as, as bad as you want to hate on the – you know, the Packers, as good as I want to dote on the 49ers, I did have them as the number one seed in the NFC before we started this whole season. And I think they're headed that way. So I definitely yeah. can be talked into it. But the numbers don't necessarily support it. It just makes it a coin flip, which means, you know, 50-50 game. You know, take your shot. We'll see what happens. All right. All right. Moving on to the Monday Night Football game. ba 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 it is those Dallas Cowboys, and they're at home, and they're hosting those goddamn dirty Philadelphia Eagles, and Dallas is minus three and a half. Yeah, this is going to be real simple for me, and I know there's some trends that go against me, but I don't care. This is a trench. This is a trench game. Two two points for me, and I'll throw it to you. This is a trench game to me, and in the trenches, Philadelphia has looked amazing. Okay, they dominated in week 1 in the trenches and got the and got the win. Last week they played up against probably the only team or one of the few teams that they won't be able to dominate in the trenches with San Francisco and it showed. Now there were some things that happened in that game that could have gone, you know, I think the underlying stats show that that you know, maybe it should have been a little closer, but whatever. In this game, I feel like I've here's my second point. I feel like I've seen this game for 20 years. We live in we live in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And I have just seen this game. I've seen when Dallas gets pumped up, hyped up. This is the team. This is the type of game where they come back here, and honestly, they usually lose. So I, of course, I'm leaning to Philly. I think they're going to dominate in the, in the trenches on both sides of the ball in this game. 
Obviously, the wild card factor is Dak, and he owns this division. That's a factor. I'm not going to ignore it. But too too many decades of seeing this game, this type of game, give me feeling those points. Yeah, the thing I'll say about that is this line has moved to uh, Philadelphia, and we talked about it earlier, right? That the Cowboys don't get the public love. This game has moved three points to Philly. So that now says that Dallas is only two wins better than Philly on the season. That's a whole win downgrade from the closing lines, right? Because it was six and a half versus nine and a half to start. Now they're saying within two games of each other. And I don't think it's down. You can't really downgrade Dallas. They're one and one. They're one and one ATS. Uh, no, no, sorry. They're two and zero oh ATS. They, so they beat expectations twice. And Philly is one and one and one and one ATS. So you can't downgrade Dallas. I really think it's just a lack of love in the marketplace for Dallas, and I think that's what goes against your, you know, 20 years, our 20 years of watching Dallas Cowboys football. Uh, and like you said, Dak does own this division. Now, I was notified today from the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry called me on my personal phone. No, that's a lie. He didn't. But uh, we did get a text <laughs> message at the four, football 401k uh, that – I am not officially allowed to make picks anymore against the Dallas Cowboys or for the Dallas Cowboys. So I've been put on the fucking Kirk Herbstreet list of, uh, hey, mm-hmm. can't fucking say out loud what you're going to bet on this game. So obviously, I'm not going to pick a side. But what I will say is, man, the value has got to be all on Dallas in this game. There's no, there's nothing supporting this upgrade, this traumatic upgrade from Philly. Dallas is healthy, pretty much. I mean, that. Collins, I guess, is out, and and Gallup is out. It did. I mean, they went and beat a really good team, or at least at least an average team in the Chargers. And Philly's not an average team; they're a below average team. And I don't. I mean, I get, I get that they're one and one, but again, they're going to end up winning five, maybe six games. And Dallas is most likely. I mean, Vegas tells you they're the odds-on favorite to win this division. So I don't understand. I do not understand this line movement towards Philly. I really just don't. And again, Dak owns this division. So no official pick for me out loud, but uh, I will say that, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, the, all the value is on Dallas here. It just is. And if it gets to three, whew, look out, boys and girls. All right. All right. That was all the wins coming to the air tonight, baby. All right, boys and girls, it's time you all have been waiting for. It's time for those free, I said free picks of the week, baby. Longhorn, hit them with that NFL goodness. All right, we're going to go with the Moneyline Parlay, and we have free picks up on our website, so don't forget, don't forget to check those out also at thefootballgloryhole.com. But the Moneyline Parlay of the week this week is going to be ten, five teams, so stay with me. Tennessee, at home against Indy. Kansas City, they don't ever lose. At home against the Chargers. Cleveland Browns at home against the Chicago Bears. Here's where it gets squirrely. We're taking those Miami Dolphins on the money line against those uh, Vegas uh, Raiders. And then Minnesota. Minnesota at home against Seattle. So one more time. Tennessee, Kansas City, Cleveland, Miami, and Minnesota all on the money line. That five-team parlay. Pays you six to one, and we all do the dance. 
Man, you argue with me on half those fucking games. Now you're putting them in the money. That's funny how that fucking happens. I love it, baby. Let's fucking go with that, buddy. All right. Your college best bet of the week is going to be Auburn. Minus 27 versus Georgia State. This line should be 34. And you have to ask yourself, anytime you bet a big favorite, we mentioned earlier, are they motivated to cover? Well, Auburn should be after that tough loss to Penn State. So they should look to get healthy here. Now, there is a look-ahead factor to LSU next week. And I think that's what's driving this number down. But Georgia State lost 59-17 to at UNC with the exact same spread. And obviously, they didn't cover it. UNC is ranked lower in our power rankings than Auburn by a few points. And they're uh, respectively 23 and 24th right now in the poll. So, obviously, our numbers are good with the fucking pollsters. So, extreme value here on Auburn. I think they the look-ahead factor, again, is getting overrated. So, War Eagle, baby. Longhorn, tell them about that fabulous website one more time. All right, you glory hope seekers. That's going to wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hope Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the sports patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills. Hit us up on any of our social medias, and don't forget to subscribe to our channels, the Football Glory Hope and the Football 401k with Bo Sivas right here and RJ Choppy. And of course, check us out on DallasCowboys.com. We are found everywhere, people, because we are kind of a big deal. We give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and also on our social media quick hits so people stop being sports stupid and use them all. But more importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life and both of us, as always, in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on the guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. God damn it, people never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take us out, baby. Oh.